we're in a, a little teaching series, as you can see from the slide, called But God. And I wonder if you uh, have ever thought about how powerful those words are. Um, and maybe you'll know if you, if you followed, you know, if you read your Bible, maybe you're here tonight, you've never really read the Bible. Um, but if you, re- if you do, if you read through God's word, you'll find all of these occasions where people are in different situations, where it feels and seems like nothing can happen, nothing can change, um, everything is set, you know, in a particular direction. There may be, you know, really at last, you know, just don't know what to do. And so often in the Bible, these two small words come, but God. Sometimes it's just, but God, and then God does something differently. Uh, But lots of occasions, people uh, say, this is the situation as it seems from a worldly perspective, but God, and then things change. And we're following through, we've done a couple already over the last few Sundays, two or three more Sundays to come, looking at some Bible stories. But tonight particularly, we've got a couple of real life honest people who are going to come and share some but God stories. So would you give a big hand please for Hills, Groot, Hills, and for Kevin, Elliot. Thanks Hills, grab a microphone. Now uh, quite a few of you will know Kevin and will know Hills. Um, but uh, if, you're, if you're a bit newer to us, um, Hills is uh, part of the leadership team here at, at Trinity. Um, and uh, it's just hugely significant in terms of wisdom and prophetic insight. And has a beautiful way of just looking at me when I say something, one of my mad, unthought-out ideas. She looks at me and just says... It's that smile. It's just the pause and the smile. And I just, I just know there's going to be a great question that's going to follow. And I also know that I'm probably going to change my mind. You know, so there we go. So in a really lovely way. Hills is a real asset in this, in this church and, uh, yeah, a real servant here. So, Hills, thank you for being here tonight and, and sharing. And, Kevin, you never smile at me. You never put me right. No. Um, Kevin, how long have you been at Trinity? I don't know, to be honest. You don't know, or you don't want to say? Pick seven, a number. Eight, nine years, seven, eight, nine years. Seventy-nine eight, eight, years. Seventy-nine years. Doesn't yeah. he look well on it? Seven to nine years. And Kev, again, a great, uh, you know, great member of this church family, and you have a wider ministry than just this church, but real faithful member of our, particularly our 6pm, uh, part of our church family here. And also, you're one of our mission partners with, a, just say, the mission partner. Yeah, so uh, North Macedonia. Uh, mission Macedonia is our mission charity. Mission Macedonia, which is focused on the country of North Macedonia. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Um, so, oh, and I, I was going to say, we have another mission partner in the room, and your name's completely gone out of my head. Liz. Liz. I, I could only remember Roshan. I knew you weren't Roshan, who you're married to. Liz is here. Liz is a mission partner. Am I allowed to say where you're a mission partner, Liz? I can. Sorry, in some countries we can't. So in Sri Lanka, Liz and her husband Roshan are mission partners. And Liz is just over here, just visiting for a couple of weeks, visiting family. And Liz and Roshan have an amazing ministry in Sri Lanka, in the nation of Sri Lanka. And you just, I mean, you could tell us a thousand but God stories just, just yourself. And thank you so much for being one of our partners partners and really uh, again how God uses you to inform and to bless bless us but we want to say bless you Liz as you're here and to Roshan as well watching. So um, guys I've just asked you to just share uh, if you wouldn't mind 
um, both from sort of kind of overseas sort of perspective, a little bit about thinking about how we're serving God in a place like North Macedonia, um, which is a nation that has huge needs, um, not much Christianity in a way, and, and real mm. need for to hear the good news of Jesus Christ in word, but also to experience it in practice. But also um, with you both as well, and Hills maybe particularly, also but God in the normal sort of day-to-day of life, because it's easy sometimes for us to, to think that but God moments only come in those, those big times. But you're going to share some stories, both of you actually, about some amazing times of but God, um, but also some amazing things, other sort of situations that might have felt more normal or might seem more normal in a way. So thank you so much. And we hope that just some of the themes that will come out tonight will be a real encouragement to us and perhaps a bit of a challenge to us as well. So if you're here tonight and you know you've got that sense, you're, you're wanting more of God's presence, more a sense of his presence in your life, um, if you're wanting your faith to grow, if you've got some real questions, some challenges, if you've got some hopes if you've got some wonderings, some of the younger people here and older as well, about what God's got for you for the rest of your lives, we're hoping tonight that God will use this time and we're inviting again the Holy Spirit, God with us, to come and use this time to challenge and to encourage. Kevin, so you've Andrew. been North Ma- How long have you connected with North Macedonia? Okay, yeah, so uh, six years, six, seven years now. Six or seven years. And um, you've led some mission trips. Uh, we have regular... Yeah, a few people been, hand up, been hand in Macedonia. Up, yeah, well done. Great, yeah. Good, made it back as well. Um, no, they're <laughs> always did. they're always good. We've got a trip, by the way. Um, Tim, uh, Hill's husband, Tim, is taking a trip to uh, to Kenya in October. If you're interested in that, um, so um, just give us a couple of little bits of flavour about what North Macedonia as a nation is 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 like. Oh, okay. So it's about the size of Wales, and it's about the same population of Wales. Yeah, well, this is everything definitely. is the size of Wales. Um, yeah, very few Christians, perhaps less than one percent of evangelical Christians. Right. So it's heavily Orthodox, heavily Muslim. Um, yeah, it's very mountainous. It's very beautiful, and it's very poor. Lots of migration. Um, everyone. It's quite a mixture of people, of cultures. Uh, the only ones that are really put upon are the gypsies, right. uh, the the Roma, and we work we work with those guys quite a lot. Um, wow. Yeah, lo- love the Roma, yeah. but they, they they tend to be put upon but uh, everyone else seems to get along okay right mm. so um really not much in the way of resource physical resource uh not much experience oh the of... marble comes the italian marble comes to macedonia oh okay but, yeah, the, but, but the marble. money goes out yeah probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so just give us one example we've heard some of these stories that you guys come back with and and mm. there's nothing like a, a mission trip of this kind to, to really accelerate your faith by the way so just give us one story i, I know there was a particular um city that you were really keen to to kind of reach but didn't yeah. know how can i just read a verse yeah go for it okay so when we were it's praying not in the script by the way but go when for we it. were praying earlier uh, this verse i reminded this verse it says to him who by means of his power working in us so what nikki was saying about our weakness that's certainly something in macedonia we've realized that we can't actually do anything it's only his power it's able to do so much more than we ever ask for and then it says or even think of mm. and it's i look back now to when I first got involved, we were praying over the map of Macedonia, and there was one town in the middle um, that struck out to us called Veles. So we started praying over Veles, there were three of us praying, um, and we're saying, God, come on, Veles. And then this, this lad had a, a picture in his head of deformed children. 
Well, he said, stop, stop, what's going on here? I mean, Googled Velez, and there was a smelting factory outside of Velez that had poisoned the soil, and a lot of people have been growing vegetables, and there were a lot of deformed deformities in babies because yeah. of this. They've closed it down since, but it's caused this, this problem. And we, and we got a real heart for uh, Velez. And then when we, went, when we went out for the first time, we discovered that Velez was where the pastors, this group of about 10 pastors, they meet every Sunday, they have a worship there, then they go off and do, say, two, three churches each from Velez. So, Fee, can you put up number one? And this was where they were meeting, and you can see that room. It's not all that big, is it? And that was the centre of all the ministry for their 25 churches. Um, and we realised that if the work was going to grow, we needed uh, another, uh, another place. So this is one of our, our, our prayer things that we were praying into. Um, and it, it, it's really hard, because that was just, a rented, just like a rented shop. It's very hard to get any, any rented properties out there. And then uh, one day, the, the guy that runs it, Jimmy... Uh, he told us there was a building had come up, and it was a four-story building, and it was half price because it was haunted. Mm. It, and nobody could live, it was so bad, nobody could live there. So it had literally been left empty. Um, so whereas it would have been normally 80,000 80, euros, it was 40,000 euros. So keep up two fee. Oh no, that's the inside of it, okay. So this is just an example of the state it was in, all right, inside, that's the bathroom. Uh, that, that is the building, okay? So you can see the balcony. There's a huge balcony on the second floor up. And we started dreaming. That's Jimmy going in with Simon Gibo, I think, going in through the door. We started dreaming that, that this, we could actually have this place and, and started uh, praying into that. Um, and it didn't look possible. The German, the German owner, he, he wasn't interested. He was, in, in Germ- he was in Germany, and he was hard to get hold of, and there were lots of bills ra- racking up on that. But, uh, but um, we, we carried on praying into it. And there was a day, that's sort of like the book God moment. He came through for us. And there was a day where we, we got the key. So this was in 2019. And we'd just done a, 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 our third conference in Macedonia, actually in Velez. And a group of us uh, went there, including a lady from uh, Hawaii who's joined our team since. She's, she's got deliverance ministry. So Jimmy said, I've got a nice surprise for you after the conference. I've got the key to, to Venice, and we're going to go in there and do some house cleaning. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, so we, we, set, we set about praying in every room, uh, and I think, actually, to be honest, I think whatever was in there saw us all coming, and it's about 20 of us, and decided that it was too big a too fight, because there, there was no resistance at all. We wow. went in every room, and every room we cleared out in prayer. Uh, while we were praying, Katrina, not knowing our, our, what, about the city like we had, she came up with a picture that a, a child, a deformed child, had been sacrificed in that house, mm. which was why um, the, the demons had come in, basically. Mm. And, and then my son said, well, I, I think we've, the room we haven't been in, there's a loft. I think there's something in the loft. So we looked in the loft, and there was a, um, like a baby bath. Nothing else but a baby bath in the corner, and we think that's where they put the baby. And the Katrina said, there's a, uh, a towel um, the, uh, a blanket, no, a blanket that he was wrapped in, a little bit boy, baby boy was wrapped in, and, uh, and it's still here, it's behind the house, we need, to get, we need to find it. So we went looking, oh, we went up on the balcony, second floor balcony, and you can get around the back, and we actually found um, the, the blanket. Wow. And then the Roma guys, burn it, burn it, <laughs> and then before you could do anything, they'd, they'd, burnt, they'd burnt the blanket. 
And as we were giving thanks to God, you know, for redeeming this building, um, we were stood on that balcony looking out over the river, and a load of seeds just appeared. A breeze of wind came and just hung these seeds in front of us. And it was a, we felt it was a real sign from God saying, no, this is a new start, uh, a new life wow. uh, for, for, the, for this building. Wow. Wow. And so that's what it used to look like. So we've set about doing a few changes. Can you move the next slide, Fee? There we are. And we painted the, the railings gold, gold as well in that. And um, this summer we had 60 children a youth camp, doing a youth camp there. Uh, we, there's, there's several bedrooms. We've done meeting rooms. The church meets there. Um, we own, also own the, the bottom part, which is like a garage, which earns us rent as well. Uh, still, still a lot to do. We want, we want a training centre, a two-centre training centre, and that's, that's going to be part of it. So there's lots to, still to do. But it's just that that, that verse is more than you can even imagine, think even of. think of. Yeah. Now, we wanted perhaps a slightly bigger room, <laughs> <laughs> and, we got, uh, and we've got that. So we just, just give God thanks for that, oh, for coming through in that moment. Kevin, thank you. I mean, there'll be lots of questions, I'm sure, for different people there, raised by, by some of those things, by, by that, that story. But essentially, the message we're saying, aren't we, is we, we believe, I said earlier, didn't I, when I was praying, we believe that God's power is greater, we know it is greater, than anything, anything we can see, and also the, those things that we can't see, those demonic and those evil powers that, uh, that do impact her, and we know God's power is greater, and the name of Jesus is greater. So, so maybe an encouragement to some of us not to even allow ourselves to be uh, boxed in by fear, boxed in by what might maybe other people have said about us or places, but to believe that God's power is, is, is bigger. And yet we need the help of mature Christians when we pray into those kinds of things. But what a wonderful physical picture. Hills. Deliberately, just a, a, a kind of different sort of kind of tack. But um, there'll be people in the, in, in the room who are probably just saying, you know, I'm faced with situations where I just simply need to know God's guidance. I need, I need to know, how do I listen to God? How do I hear God? How does God guide? Have you got a, a kind of but God or out of the many, I know? Can you, can you pick, pick one? You've, sh- you've shared once or twice here, but not everyone will have heard about some changes that God sort of almost needed to bring in you when you were a student and about relationships. And there's also something in the story about, about how you had to humble yourself. You had to accept God as God. Yeah, I mean, that is a massive question because I think, you know, we would all know that our experience would be that guidance is a, is a really, cha- well, maybe it's just me, but I find, you know, listening to the Lord and discerning his will for my life and his ways is actually really challenging. And hmm. uh, I think the best material, if you're interested to listen to about it, is um, the Alpha Talk on guidance where there's some really helpful. But I also believe that in really significant moments in our lives where we're really seeking God and really needing to know um, about his will, about his purpose for us. Actually, you know, for, for on many occasions, he does intervene. I think that's what the word, but, the phrase, but God means to me. It's the sort of breaking in hmm. of God's power, breaking in of his voice, breaking in of, of his kingdom into our lives in a, in a sovereign way. And um, yeah, I have a, a number of, of stories of, of God doing that in really significant times in my life. So the 
the, the first, my, my first experience of that would have been when I was at university, which is when I effectively became a Christian. And um, funnily enough, the first sermon I ever heard was in the same church that Ross was talking about this morning, right. uh, where, where he was at university. And um, the guy who was preaching was talking to people who were Christians, and he said, I would expect to find a number of things in your bedrooms. And he was talking about a Bible and a notebook and something. But one of the things he said, I would expect to find somebody who was beginning to follow God, what I would expect to find by their bedside would be a biography. And I didn't know what they were, so I toddled off to the Christian bookshop because we didn't have the internet in those days, you know, lost century and all that. <laughs> and uh, found where the biographies were. And biographies, you know, I'm sure you know this, but they're just books that Christians have written of their journeys and their experiences of God. And most biographies are full of but God stories. If you want to be inspired, find a biography and read one. Ask somebody to recommend one to you. Yeah. And so I picked up a biography and realized through reading the biography and reading my Bible that, oh my goodness, God has got things to say. God does break in. God is powerful. So the first thing I started praying about because I realized that, you know, God was, a, a, God was my king. I joined a kingdom. Um, he wasn't just a friend, he was a king, was uh, my relationships. And I'd been going out with a, a guy for a number of years. He actually was a Christian. And a lot of my friends at uni were sort of implying that I was probably going to marry him. And, you know, on paper, in a very common sense kind of way, we were probably quite a good fit. So I started asking God and saying to him, I thought, well, you've got a view about this. I'd been reading about Abraham, and Abraham wanted a, a wife for his son Isaac. So he prayed about it and then expected God to deliver on his request. So I started praying about it, and for six, I think the other thing about God, but gods is so often there's no but gods, no but gods, no but gods, and you keep praying, and then suddenly God breaks yeah, in. There's a slowly, 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 yeah. and then there's a suddenly. And I'd been praying about this for, you know, God, is this the chap that you want me to marry? Is this the chap that you want me to be with? Because I'd realized that if he didn't, if I wasn't going to marry him, then God, you know, I shouldn't really be with him. And I was walking down the street late at night, and I suddenly, and I said that I was quite cross with God because he hadn't answered my faithful prayers. And I said to him, why haven't you answered my prayer and show me? And I, there, was, there was a but God moment where I heard him say very clearly, he's not, the reason I haven't answered is because he's not the right person for you. And um, it was a really big deal to bring that relationship to an end. I'd been, you know, dating him for a long time. And it took me about a month to get around to doing that. And me being me, jumped to lots of conclusions, was convinced that therefore I was going to, you know, be single for the Lord. And then three weeks later, I met Tim. And I was convinced that Tim wasn't God's person for me because God had told me that I wasn't, you know, going out with. Well, he didn't actually say I wasn't going out with anybody. He just said, you're not going out with that person. And so, again, I said to, I said to God, well, you need to give me a sign in the next 24 hours or... <laughs> You know, I'm not going to take anything forward with this guy because I don't want to upset him. And I had a but God moment that was as clear as mustard, very sovereign, very supernatural. And God showed me in that 24-hour period, um, you're going to marry him. So, What I just hear in that, though, an important thing probably to just draw out, mm -hmm. is that the, the focus of the prayer was in, in terms of testing God. Some mm -hmm. people might say, how yep. can you test God yep. like that? It was about obedience, wasn't yeah. it? That, yeah. that, and, and I think that's why God answered yeah. that kind of prayer. Yeah. I wanted God's will for my life. Yeah. And I was willing to not be with that, the first chap, if it was God's will for me. 
and I was willing not to be with Tim if it was God's will for me. And yeah. I know we can get stuck about testing God because Jesus challenges the Pharisees, but actually they wanted him to prove that he was God. They, their hearts weren't right. They didn't mm. want to know the right thing so that they could walk with God and be obedient. Mm. They just wanted mm. him to put on a bit of a magic show. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I agree when yeah. God, God looks at the heart. Yeah. And yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to be obedient and I wanted his will for my life. Yeah. So asking God to tell us what is the obedient course of action is very, very different from asking God to bless something that we've already kind of decided anyway. And, you know, yeah, very different. Thank you so much. Kevin, um, again, deliberately just contrasting a little bit. I mean, you equally could tell so many stories of of the more personal because everything, it's all interconnected. But um, sometimes there have been but God moments in in significant healings. And we see that, don't we? Physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, We have to be so careful, don't we, that again, we're obedient to God. It's what do you want God in this situation rather than simply saying, here you are, this is the the, the right thing. But there was one particular, so you mentioned Jimmy um, who leads the ministry. Just tell us about connected with his son yeah so we've been um really blessed as we've been going out to Macedonia and those that have been there to see so many um healing miracles we've seen blind eyes open deaf ears opened and counts a tumor go off the face and all sorts of in- incredible things we, we never like we said never expected to see when we started praying early doors that was just wasn't our thing we just never expected to see any of that stuff um but uh, during the pandemic um there was a, an incident uh, which really, really stretched us as, as a whole team. Uh, it's quite a hard story. I want, I want to share it with you. Um, f- so, Fee, can you put up number five, picture of Adams and Marie? So this is Adams, which is Jimmy's son. He's also a pastor, young pastor. Marie's wife, um, the two children. And also, if you, that's actually inside Vela's building as well, so it's not looking too bad, is it? That's one of the meetings inside Vela's. So that's Adams. He, he, he's, he used to be a model in Skopje, and he moved to the poorest village in, Ch- in Macedonia, and it went to children's work and, and, and has a church in, in this really poor village. Um, and uh, we got, I got a phone call, uh, I said, with a friend in Wales helping him, and I got this phone call from Jimmy, his dad, to say that he'd had a, a brain hemorrhage, a brain bleed, Adam's had, and he'd, he was with his son, Simon, and he'd fallen on Simon... And Simon screamed out, and, and then Maria heard him, realised her husband had collapsed. And I, had he not fallen on the sun, you know, it would probably been too late. Hmm. Uh, he had a, a bleed on the brain, and they took him to a local uh, hospital. Um, keep it up. So this is Adams that night uh, on a drip. And they realised they couldn't do anything for him in that hospital, and they had to get him to Skopje, to the capital, just to, just to stabilise him. Um, and we, we started a, a praying then and there um, as a team for him. Um, and then it came to, uh, the, after they did an examination, they could help him in the sense that they could stop the bleeding and stabilize him. But he needed a, a much more, he needed a more permanent operation. And there was no one in the whole country uh, that could do it. There was no surgeon who had the skills to do that, even attempt it. And, and, but there was one in Serbia, <laughs> okay? who could attempt it for Adams. So we, we prayed that we could get this um, guy, guy there. And he said he could come in two weeks. So they had to keep Adams alive for two weeks until this guy could come and try and do his surgery. And 
And it, this became a, an, a, like an intense prayer battle for us because we realized the implications to the ministry if, if Adams died, which it looked like he would. Because um, obviously the dramatic effect on, on, on Jimmy being his son uh, and the ministry. Um, and as we were praying, we, we set up a, a, a nightly prayer meeting. We'd never done this before. So we, as a team, we prayed every night for uh, Adams. And we realized this wasn't just an attack on Adams. It was an attack on the whole ministry. And, and it's, it was going to undermine the whole ministry. Um, and then the day, two days before his op- the surgeon was due, he rang up and said he, he couldn't come for another week. <laughs> so again, again we, we had to keep, keep on praying through that. And then, but as we were doing that, more and more people got involved praying. And there was one lady who I'd met in Foldy Brennan. She, she ran a prayer mountain, and she had a whole church, 100 of them, fasting for a week <laughs> for mm. Adams. So there was a huge amount of prayer go, go, going in for this. But we found that we started coming under sort of spiritual attack. This is where, as you're praying, things start going wrong to you as well as a team. Um, and then during that period, uh, I had a phone call that my father, who had been ill, was dying. Um, and anyway, I, I went down to see him, and I missed him by three minutes, unfortunately. Um, although he was still warm, when I said goodbye to him. And, and that was, so that was quite difficult to cope with. Uh, and then two days later, I caught COVID and was struggling through that. But we kept the prayer meetings. Somehow we still kept the prayer meetings going through that. Um, and it was a, it was a, really, a really tough time. Um, and the, but the guy came. He, 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 he did do an operation. Uh, he could only do 70% of the brain, but he felt that was as much as the brain could cope with for now. But then we, um, Adams was stable, and we thought he was making a good recovery. And during that time, I had a picture of Adams stood on the balcony of that, that Vela's building, sharing to our co- a conference about how God had healed him completely, 100%, um, and, and how God had been with him. And that's the picture I had. So we sort of held on to that picture mm. as we prayed through that. Um, that we were supposed to be going out in six weeks' time to do a conference, although everything was unclear. I was still ill. No one knew if they were going to come out. Um, within about a week to go, I just said, two weeks ago, I said, I'm going to book up in faith that God will, God will get, me, get me well enough to go out there. And on the, Easter, on the Easter Sunday, we took a team. Eva, you were, you were there with us. We took a team out. And we couldn't get a building for the conference, so we actually had 200 people on the balcony in Vélez. I'd always joked that you get 200 people on there. And there was, I think, 220, 230 people actually on that, on that balcony. Uh, we had an incredible conference. Many people, people saved, people healed. And uh, next slide, Fee. That's us praying for Adams, who gave his testimony to say how God had been with him. And even at the worst, he, could, he says he felt this presence of God with him every day giving him the power to get through and knew he was going to get better. Uh, and that's us uh, on the... Co- you can see what beautiful view we've got from the Vela's Balcony yeah. there. Yeah, um, praise God. And that's our conference there. But mm. again, just an encouragement maybe or a challenge to so many of us that, that in that time where you're really praying, there would have been so many circumstances from a human perspective where people would have said, well, you know, maybe they would have mocked you for your faith and said, clearly God's not being God, is he? If, you know, those things happen, you know, it's sad with the death of your father, COVID, etc. And yet what you're able to give testimony to, what you're able to tell uh, the truth of and the story of is that God... God blessed. He was, and sometimes we really have to battle, don't we? And 
you know, we say it, and I, I guess many of us who've been followers of Jesus for a while, maybe part of this church family, we absolutely in our heads know in theory that being a, a follower of Jesus does not make life easier now. And we know in our heads, don't we, in theory, that we can say it, that, um, you know, rubbish happens, stuff happens in this world, and it doesn't change who God is. But to live it mm. is, is, a, is a real challenge. Hills, can you just pick up on a more, uh, uh, maybe a, a personal sort of, again, to contrast? So thank you so much, Kevin. Um, money, for many of us, money is another huge topic. We've given you guidance, relationships, and, that, and now money is a huge kind of, kind of topic. Have, out of the many times I know with, with finance, how, how have you seen God work, um, you know, in, in sort of transformative ways, but God ways financially? Can you pick one? Yeah, I'll, I'll pick a, a couple very quickly. Um, a personal one, when we, um, so some, a few of you may know, we Tim used to work at Cheltenham College uh, on the other side of town, and then God called us into to work for the church in a in a more kind of official capacity, which meant he went once he was ordained, meant he had to leave the the staff. We were accommodated by the school. We lived in school accommodation. And um, while he did his curacy here, he was being paid by the church, mm. not by the diocese. So we needed to find somewhere to live. We had four kids, so we're a family of six. And there weren't very many places to rent in the centre of Cheltenham for a family of six. And, you know, um, with, with no property, it was looking incredibly challenging. And actually, I, I found myself really gripped with fear about the fact that we were stepping out in faith. We were leaving the sort of safety of one environment with no certainty about where we were going to live and crucially the sums didn't add up so there was no way we could afford a place for six of us in the center of town on the salary that he was going to be paid and he'd handed in his notice at school so it was an absolute step of faith we'd felt called cool to do it and so you know you pray don't you when you when you're sort of panicking <laughs> you pray a lot and um we prayed and we prayed and we got to the, we were moving in December. I've, I've never got to the, well, I'd never imagined being in the situation where we were sending out Christmas cards, moving uh, 10 days after we were sending them out and we still didn't have an address to tell people where we were going to move. And, and Tim was sort of looking in faith for places that we might be able to rent. There weren't very many because it was the end of the year. And then suddenly, just literally suddenly, but God... He put us, not knowing um, our circumstances, some friends that, that don't live in Cheltenham and didn't know what we were facing, contacted us from out of the blue and just said, the Lord has put you on our heart and we feel like we're meant to support you financially by contributing such and such an amount a month for the next few years. Um, you know, how does that sit with you? And of course, it was the most incredible provision mm. Mm. out of the blue sort of, I don't know, a few days before we needed to sign on the dotted line um, of a place where we were going to live. And Praise so, God. you yeah. know, I'm sure yeah. many of you have your but God stories in that res respect, but we do have to sometimes take steps of faith yeah. and step yeah. out before... He does his Because I suspect, I, I, I think I would have been really tempted in that situation to say, so God, if you want us to do this, yeah. can you come up with the money first? Yeah. yeah. And that will confirm yeah. that yeah. it is God's will. Yeah. And I'll stand up and give a story of yeah. confirmation. Whereas what we're saying yes. is so often we have to step out, mm. don't we? And it's the faith in yes. continuing. Yes. Or the temptation would have been, well, this is our budget. So we'll, you know, we'll live outside Cheltenham because yeah. that's all we can afford. But we would felt God said, 
you know, live near the church, yeah. and he provided for that. Another slightly different story, my son, Joshy, some of you know him, I, I might have told this here before, he was doing a gap year a few years ago, and he was trying so hard to earn money to fund his, he went off to Canada for a few months, and um, so he was saving every penny that he was earning, and one day in his quiet time, God tapped him on the shoulder, and he said, Joshy, you've stopped tithing, you've stopped giving me that first fruits, that first 10% of your money and Josh is like well I can't afford to tithe I'm saving up for my 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 4,000 you know pound gap year trip to Canada and God said give me your first fruits and then you know see what happens and so he um I don't know I think he might have had a couple of thousand pounds and uh, not much longer to go in terms of earning money anyway he went he calculated how much money he owed God <laughs> through his tithe wrote it wrote a check um out of his pay packet at the end of that month and within the week, he'd had two people from the church family messaging him saying, we just feel called to write out a check for your gap year. And of course, God provided the rest of the money just like that. Praise God. Praise God. 